You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today. So let's get started with Joe the Janitor. Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's Joe the Janitor from Connecticut. How's it going, man? Oh, good. So um, four losses in a row. You know, honestly, this one, it doesn't feel that bad. Getting easier, um, isn't it? The last two really hurt, but this one just, it, it, it doesn't feel that bad. Um, honestly, I think that we had a chance to win the game. Um, penalties, penalties, penalties. I mean, if I said it the number of times the amount of penalties we have, be super repetitive, and you'd get the point. Um, the team just can't play in the first half. At least we scored three points. I'm going to give it to them. At least <laughs> hey, we scored three points. And uh, on a merger of a comeback, we were in the red zone, or we were at least within the 20-yard line um, twice. And those were the two times we needed scores to tie the game. And we just couldn't couldn't do it. Jordan Love couldn't execute. Um, half the time, our receivers couldn't catch the ball. It was um, what what kind of what I expected. I never, did not expect to win. Expected to lose this game. Uh, just another one where we had a chance to win. And I think it's almost every game this season. Every game this season, we've had a chance to win. Yeah. Except for against the Lions. The Lions pounded us pretty good. but Which is pretty crazy because we've been bad all year. <laughs> I mean, it's like we've been looking at all these games going like, dude, nothing went right. Like nothing at all went right. And we've almost won like every single one of these games. We should be a one-loss team. Like if we were just mediocre... If we were the most average team in the world, I think the Lions game is like the only game we lose. That's crazy. And sad. And and the other thing that sucks is usually when you when you look at it that way, it's like, yeah, but then you get to the playoffs and you're gonna get smoked. By who? The 49ers? <laughs> By who? Philadelphia? They're not looking great. Who who's gonna beat the crap out of you? The the Chiefs who just got smoked by the Broncos? 
Who who is like this powerhouse that you just like a, a, a semi adequate team couldn't get through? The mo- the Dallas Cowboys probably will win the Super Bowl this year. This is the most garbage piece of crap year ever. Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. And among like <laughs> this is this is I'm trying I'm, I'm trying not to be mega negative here, but the thought just occurred to me, so I'm going to say it. In a year in which everybody is about as bad as I've ever seen. In a year in which the NFL is the worst that I've ever seen it, the Packers might be the worst among those teams. And that is freaking saying something. Yeah. You know, I'm not, not really upset today because I, I didn't plan any food. I didn't grill anything. I honestly ate leftovers. Yeah, and um, I had soup, dude. That's about I, as I, lame of a... I, I kind of felt bad about it. Like, I was excited. Like, oh, dude, yeah, it's a good idea. I'm going to make some soup and stuff. It'd be crazy. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, dude, it's a Packers game day, and this is the one day you're not going to grill. You're going to make soup? You freaking moron. But, you know, sometimes you're just stupid. I don't know. I only had a couple beers. I didn't let myself get into um, the drinking mode of last week. (laughs) Kind of kept it a little uh, even keel so that I can call in with a level head. But, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Maybe we could pull out a win next week. Maybe not. Anyway, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that our fans it, that were at home sitting there were booing. And it was more than, it was more than like when we were losing the game. They were pretty much booing half the time. So yeah. it's kind of disappointing. Like, but. Other than that, I'm all right, and I hope you are too. Packer Nation, yeah. shalom. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you almost get the feeling, and I know it's frustrating to go like three and out four times in a row, but you did get the feeling like this particular group of fans was just waiting to boo. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like I paid so that I can come here and tell you how displeased I am with this season. It's almost like there's there's like a giddiness to like, let the team know how dissatisfied we are. Dude, it's it's like five minutes into the first quarter and you're going to boo? I mean, I, again, it's frustrating to go three and out. And I know that, like, th- this is a microcosm of all the problems. It's the first quarter, which is terrible. I mean, the first half in general. But the first, you know, seeing the game start out that way, it's like, here we go again and everything. And again, a bunch of, I don't know how many three and outs in before the boo started. I'm sure there were some boos after the first three and out. But it's like, you know what, if, if you're, don't pay money just to go boo the team. Just stay home and throw a fit, you know? I don't know. It's just annoying. I don't like it. Especially if you're going to boo at completely stupid situations. You know what I mean? I mean, that. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time repeating myself. But you, you can tell that they were just way too eager to boo so that they booed at just the dumbest freaking times ever. But yeah, I mean, there's more winnable games. I mean, not, not really more winnable than what we had against the Broncos and Raiders, but uh, the Rams are technically winnable. The Steelers are winnable. The Chargers, who just beat the crap out of the Bears, are technically winnable. Lions are going to smoke us. The Chiefs are probably going to smoke us. Giants, I mean, that might be our best shot the rest of the way through. Um, And, you know, at that point, I don't know if we're going to be... <laughs> picking the Packers to win or the Giants because Giants are, you know, well, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Again, I, I can't imagine we're going to lose all the way through. There's gonna There has to be a game 
some point this year, like I said, we've been so close in every game this year. All we need is like a couple less mistakes. I mean, think, think about this. If you take away all the penalties, that team still sucked from top to bottom. But it's possible if you take away the penalties, we win the game. In other words, it's possible as completely garbage as that entire performance from top to bottom, from start to finish was, we could have won the game with that. So this team doesn't even need to be good to win a game. If you can just be, like, moderately bad, you should be able to win a game or two. Just don't be a complete disaster through all four quarters, and you'll win one. Maybe two. Maybe three. I don't know. If you actually improve, like, if you actually, like, start doing stuff, if you can actually play at all in the first half, half of a football game, I mean, bro, we, we could win maybe all but two games throughout the rest of the season if you could put together four quarters at any point and not just be a complete imploding disaster. I mean, there are eight winnable games. That's playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be crazy here. I'm just saying. There are eight winnable games. I shouldn't even say eight. The Lions and Chiefs, well, the, the Chiefs at this point are winnable if you can actually be kind of good for a little bit. Um, if that's even what the Broncos were, I don't know. Let me put it this way. If you could just be like a little bit bad against eight of these teams, and if you can be like almost good against the Lions and the Chiefs, you might be able to pull off one of those games too. It's crazy because like when we did the whole run the table thing, that was about a team going from like nowhere near as bad as this. It was sort of struggling. Like an, you were an actual NFL football team, just not a great one. There were some mistakes. Like you, you just couldn't get into that rhythm of being a great team. I just feel like football used to be different. <laughs> It used to be such higher standards. Like when the Packers were struggling before, like they were still good. They just couldn't quite be great. And you needed to be great. You needed like an elite quarterback with a bunch of good wide receivers and a great offensive line all to be on the same page to score a bunch of points. You needed to score like 25, 28 points. And then when we ran the table, it was just like great football all the way through. And you had to be almost perfect to be able to beat these great NFL football teams. And now you're watching in 2023 and it's like, if you could be... If you could put together a performance that looks like my freaking middle school performance at Teft Middle School, a team that didn't win a single game, you might be able to win a game. I mean, I don't want to be crazy here, but if you could put together like a high school level performance, like, you know how in high school, a lot of times kids can catch the ball and can throw to the open receivers and can block some people and stuff and they tackle, you know? If you can do that, sky's the limit in this league of just nobody can play football. So I'm just, I I hate to get everybody's hopes up. I'm just saying. Hey, Kyle again. Sorry. Three minute monster. Yeah. I'm proud of this team and the quarterback for not just losing their minds. Because even as a fan who has really nominal skin in the game, so to speak, compared to these guys, which is, it's their literal life and their career. You know, I'm losing it, even though I know, like, I've reset my expectations, like I had said in my in the previous call. And I'm still, you know, a nervous mess. And these guys are out there, especially the quarterback, and maybe getting drops, getting things that aren't going great. They're keeping their composure. Um, they're not losing their minds out there. He loves not screaming at receivers. He keeps it really even keel. So we'll see. Um, the improvement is small. It's incremental, but I do see it, actually. Maybe people think I'm crazy, but 
I, I do see it, and like I said before, it, it, the good news about well, you're you're definitely not the only one because, um, you know, some people seem to think that things are going good. Um, like I like I said, I um, I feel like things have gotten worse almost every single week, but I'm glad. And if anybody does agree, feel free to call in and back them up because I would love to get some good news about the things that you're seeing that are getting better. Because I don't know what they would be, but, um, you know, let me know. It's being self-inflicted is, if you stop it, they probably can't stop you. Like, right. like you are your worst enemy, right? So, if you can stop doing that, It'd be great. <laughs> you're going to be humming along. Um, right now, there's just too many people that are too young, that are making mistakes, and we're just taking turns making mistakes, like it's been in the last few weeks. Um, yeah, but it's, I, I, I don't want to say young. Young has nothing to do with drops. Young has nothing to do with way off target throws. Young has nothing to do with the offensive line imploding. Young has nothing to do with, you know, the line. I mean, not, I mean, Razul Douglas is not young. Jair Alexander is not young. I mean, it's, it's not a young thing. That's, I think that's just a cop-out. It's not about young. And and there are, there are young players like the wide receiver that was on the other side of the field. He was young too. How many passes did he drop? Zero. He lit this team up. He looks like a a seven year veteran. In fact, he doesn't look like a seven year because he doesn't look that old. He looks like a young player, which is to his benefit. He's he's more youthful and and uh, you know athletic, and it showed. The the young cop out is nonsense. I mean, you, you don't expect people to come in and suck. It's just that's not a thing. In really bad spot. But the good news is, if they can just get it together, I mean, it's not like this game that the Vikings, who I thought their defense been playing very well the last several weeks, and in spurts today as well. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty decent defense, actually. Um, but they yeah, and again, I, I don't necessarily think so. I know the score thing, but... Something else that Mr. Numberman pointed out to me, which I think we all kind of know intuitively, but it is worth noting the data does back it up, is that teams score less against you when you score less. If you're a lower-scoring team, typically your opponents score less points just because of the flow of the game and they kind of took their foot off the gas and everything else. So data does back that up. In other words, if this was a team that was scoring 30 points a game, it's not true that the defense would necessarily keep holding teams to 17 points. It's more likely that those teams would be running up the scores. So as long as our team keeps scoring 10 points, it's most likely that our defense is going to be keeping teams low, although this time the defense didn't keep it down there. Um, so I know it kind of seems to look good that they're scoring less points, but again, but there really aren't too many metrics that say this is a good defense. It just seems that way because they're lower scores generally. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's not, um, I don't, I don't, I, you know, again, it, they're not the center of attention because the offense is, is what everybody sees and notices as being the biggest problem. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think the defense is doing a good job right now. We weren't really doing anything. It was. It was mostly us. So if we can just get it together, I mean, I feel like this offense could move the ball. Okay. Which is going to be really frustrating because what's going to happen is if the offense figures it out, let's just say hypothetically, if they start scoring twenty-five points a game, what's going to happen is the defense is going to start giving up more points, 
and then everybody's going to be furious. Like, the, of course our offense figures it out and the freaking defense falls apart. It didn't fall apart. It's the same defense. Offense is just kind of step on the gas a little bit more when the offense when your offense starts doing stuff it's the same defense with the same capabilities they're just less capable right now because the offense is pushing it harder you know stop their defenses if they could just stop destroying themselves you know so anyway have fun with this this should be an interesting uh, post-mortem across the web yeah but uh yeah kind of coming to a place of peace i kind of get it now it's like throw all these ingredients in the lab and see what grows in the Petri dish after a year or two. And hopefully um, it is, you know, something that could be a championship football team. And I think that's the approach. And I think all the coaches have been told that's the approach. And I think um, probably the brass is going to be patient with them because they probably know the plan. So I get it. Uh, hopefully we get to see some more drastic results soon. All right, buddy. Well, I will say, I, I do think um, Packing It After Dark has been much more calm. Social media, no. Social media, I, I poke my head in there, and I just rip my head right back out. So I feel like social media this week is like Packing It After Dark last week. I mean, it's, it is at a fever pitch in the who's to blame, all-out war, and I just, I'm over that. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll engage if we're going to have the conversation here. And if there's a thought that I have that I want to lay out for everybody, but, um, I don't like it. It just feels like, um, you know, it feels like poison. <laughs> it, it hurts my soul at this point. Um, so I'm just going to stay off social media as much as possible. I'm going to poke my head in, try to see if I can grab some news, get out of there and, um, let them just have their war. But I am, and and please feel free to call in about whatever you want. I'm just saying, um, I'm glad that it seems like we have turned a corner. We're 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 seemingly a week of week ahead of everybody else. Um, let's see. Let's take a break. I think we could probably squeeze in one more, but I just want to make sure we can um get through these here. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, Ryan? What up? Hey, hey, Ron. Coming at you from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. That was a very, very bad game to watch. My offense is just continuously sputtering. And, uh, you know, it was fun when they were moving the ball, when Jordan Love was throwing the guys in the middle of the field, and they were going no huddle and all that stuff. They seemed to pick up a little momentum for just one of those drives, and then the rest of them were just nothing. And I I just don't know who to pin it on so much. I don't know if it's mostly, you know, love, if it's mostly just an experience. I, I don't know. It seemed like in the first couple drives, uh, they got stalled by drops, and then there's obviously a lot of penalties, and then you had some, like that interception love through. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it was a good throw or if it was a bad throw because it was right in the hands of... Uh... Here's here's the thing. I, I, I swear, I'm going to go through and do screenshots. I am so tired of watching our receivers. Like, it, I'm trying to think how to describe it. But when you're running in a straight line and then you turn around and you have to reach backwards to try to catch the ball. That, that That is like the official Green Bay Packers receiver pose because every ball is so under... It was the same thing with Reed. When you're running down the field, why are you facing toward the quarterback? Why is he facing toward and reaching backwards toward the quarterback? Because that's what it was, right? That Why was he facing Jordan Love? I thought he was running the other direction. It wasn't a 30-yard curl route. Why is he turned all the way around? Because our guys constantly have to come back and try to fight through multiple defenders to get the ball. Of course it was a bad throw. Of course it was. I mean, again, a good throw is you don't even have to break your stride. A semi-inaccurate throw is when you have to slow down, or if you have to, like, you know, hit the jets and, and dive and catch it with your fingertips or something, then it was slightly inaccurate. If you have to completely hit the e-brake and turn around and try to, you know, reach as far back as you can with momentum still pulling you away from the ball because you can't even turn around fast enough because the ball is so unbelievably underthrown, and you go from being open to being covered to being double-covered, it's not even a... The guy that intercepted it shouldn't have even been anywhere near Jaden Reed. It's it's not... It wasn't even a close throw. Uh, was it Reed? And then... Um got snatched away, so I don't know if that was just a good defensive play. No. Um, it was just a 50. No, that defender was nowhere near being able to make a play. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was a good defensive play insofar as the magic of catching a ball that way. 
I mean, I mean, it's a pretty standard, I mean, I shouldn't say standard, I mean, it's a good defensive play, but if you can get your hand, like, up in their face and then rip down, that's how you get make sure you get the ball out of their hands because you're ripping the ball back out of their hands. Um, but to be able to rip it out of their hands and then, like, grab the ball, which I think was semi an accident, I mean, that part of it was a good play. Um, but it, it wasn't, like, really tight coverage or anything like that. 50 ball that Reed didn't get. Uh, I don't really know, but uh, they had a lot of chances to come back and at least do something, and they just could not overcome. Even when Kirk Cousins got out, he they could not overcome the adversity. Um, you know, right there in the red zone, they can't get it done. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously not. Uh, not very fun to watch, and uh, I guess I was able to take my uh, frustration out on the leaves in my backyard, so I did a bunch of yard work afterwards. <laughs> nice. I gotta so do that too. At least there was something I could put that energy towards. But, um, yep, not, uh, not very fun. And, you know, it's almost like a weird, bizarre world because we actually blocked a field goal for once, and and actually caught it That's and ran true. it back. That's true. Um, that was nice. So, hey, at least we did a couple of things on special teams. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, just, just gonna keep watching week to week. Little Very low expectations. All right. <laughs> and if there's something else there, just a turn signal. Um, all right. Just checking when, do they tell me when the leaf pickup is, or is it just friggin' random? I guess it's random. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of just echoing what we've all been saying. I mean, it's just, everything's bad. I mean, I, obviously we're, that that's overstating it a bit. I'm sure when we, you know, look at the grades and everything, a couple people stand out just like usual. A couple good players, a couple standout bad players, and then, you know, Pile of mediocre players. And I don't know who ends up where. There's going to be some surprises, I'm sure. But um, still, I mean, the, the the bottom line is, regardless of how many, you know, people are, are where, I mean, this is very obviously a team... Uh, I'm trying to think what word to use that isn't too hyperbolic. It's hard to be too hyperbolic considering the situation, but considering what we just saw, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 almost impressive the level at which everybody contributes. Everybody at least makes their one mistake of the game. You know, even if some, you know, like Watson had some good plays here and there, da da da, but then there's like this. And Jordan had some really great plays, but then there's this. And then Wicks has his mistake and, or mistakes, I still don't know. Uh, Musgrave had his drop and Aaron Jones had his drop. It's like everybody at least has to make sure that they contribute to this complete disaster. To the point where you you really sit there and rack your brain like, who did I see that just seemed kind of flawless in this game? And again, the only one that stands out, who I'm sure wasn't flawless, but the only one that stands out that I was impressed by was Slayton. It's just because I kept seeing the guy in like every defensive play in the backfield, just like clapping his hands like, yeah, I did that. I'm like, oh, dang, you did that again? That's crazy, dude. Which, no offense to Slayton, but if that's your hero of the, of the day is your nose tackle, that's your standout player, you probably sucked. <laughs> you you held the team to two yards per carry and nothing else was good. What is up, 
This is Nico. I just had a chance to watch the end of the game. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of how I thought it was going to be. Uh, I called it earlier saying we were going to get boat raced by the Vikings. I don't know if that ever made it to the to the air, but uh, we did. Um, Take your word for it. Uh, penalties, man, penalties. Yep. I know someone called earlier. I think it was Trucker Bob talking about penalties. Yep. Penalties in the first half were horrible. How many players were killed because of penalties? Um, penalties, and that's coaching. That's coaching. Um, I, I, I thought the offense. I thought the game was going to go just like how it went. We would. We couldn't score in the first half. We rallied and scored a little in the second half. Um, and I'm going to blame Jair. I'm just putting all the blame on him because I, I want to. Son. So I played a lot of sports, and if you if you talked a lot, then you better back it up, and he don't back it up. Yeah. He does not back it up. He makes his comments. I mean, this has been. I mean, we'll we'll see how he grades out, but I mean, this has just been a a um, underwhelming season for Jair for sure. Um, I don't want to say like his worst season, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is his worst season. So I, I mean I don't want to make sweeping statements as though like this has been him the entire his entire career he talks but he doesn't back it up because that's not true, but he certainly is one of the guys which there are many that seem like they just you know like w- what happened to you like I I thought we all had an understanding that you were good at this and it's not great now again I I don't know that he had a terrible game I know he got beat a couple times I don't think he's had any. I mean, similar to, like, Jordan Love, it's like, I don't know that you've had any good games this year. I mean, maybe not bad, but has he had any standout performance? Have we seen, like, that superstar that we always hear about in training camp, probably because our offense sucks, but, like, you just, you can't get open on him, and he's breaking up passes. Like, does how many pass breakups does he have this year? Does he have any? Yeah, I know he doesn't have any picks, but he just seems, at best, like an average corner. And not even as good as Razul, which I don't necessarily mean as an insult, but Razul, I mean, it should be like an elite. If Razul's playing like he's a top 10 or top 15 guy or whatever the case is, you should have the best corners in football. And we don't because it's just Razul. So it just it's just another piece of this, like, come on, man. Can we just get anything going here? Um, I'm going to show Addison how a real, you know, defender is, whatever. Um and that's the other frustrating thing is is Jair is like a microcosm of of the defense as a whole. Like Jair can look pretty good as long as the guy he's going up against is terrible. But as soon as there's like a semi-adequate receiver, you know, I mean, listen, Addison's good, but let's not freaking pretend that he is a elite wide receiver. I mean, Justin Jefferson didn't even play in this game. That's an elite wide receiver. If you can't beat Addison, like it's like if that's a little bit too tough for you, well, then you can't beat anybody, right? And and even like Rashawn Gary, you know, who has been great this year. And I, I don't want to overblow one bad game because everybody's allowed a bad game. I, I I will grant that. But it's like he finally goes up against a really good tackle and he gets sub 5% pressure rate. Come on, like we, we can't be a team that can look good as long as the opponent is terrible. A really good player is somebody that can beat really good competition. That's why David Bakhtiari was as good as he was. It didn't matter if it was an elite player. It was at least like a showdown. It was a battle. Like Maybe the elite pass rusher could beat him once or twice or something, but he still could shut him down. That's what made David Bakhtiari great. 
That's what makes the great pass rushers great. I mean, I, I like Rashawn, and he's been great, and I've been banging the drum of, like, you guys don't realize how good he is. But if you can't beat top competition, then you're not part of the top competition. It's a pretty simple equation. You showed him how easy it is to catch on you. So I'm, and don't get me wrong. I like him. I like how he plays. I don't know if he's not healthy. I don't care. He's right. out there the whole game. He should be healthy. Um, he's definitely not the player he was two or three years ago. And the problem is he's making a lot of money. So how many times are we going to say, oh, uh, Jair Alexander is the top cornerback, but just had a bad game? It seems like that's every game. So I know you don't like this, Ryan, but I say get rid of him. I don't like him. I don't like him because he can't do what he says. He he got paid, and then he literally... Well, the reason I don't like it is because everybody just always wants to get rid of all our best players, and I don't really understand why. I mean, first of all, I don't know if financially we can even do that. We just paid the guy, and usually you can't do that financially. But it's like, what? What are? why would we do that? And we got to get rid of Rashawn, and we got to get rid of, like, why is it when we're bad, everybody's like, find all the best players and get rid of them, and that'll fix things. I mean, Jair is still one of our better players. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess maybe to some people it's like, let's get out in front of, like, you know, fantasy football thing where you kind of feel like you're anticipating some less points coming, so you try to trade them away right away, but I just... I don't I don't understand the fan impulse as soon as we start losing games to start listing all of our top players and say get rid of them. I just I don't fully understand it, and it's not to say that once in a while it can't be somewhat rational, but it feels as a whole irrational. Like we we should trade Rashawn, we should trade uh, Jair, and and not like Jones. Like if you want to say Jones, fine, because Jones isn't going to be here much longer. We're talking about like twenty six year old players who are in the top five of our guys. Like, should we trade away Zach Tom? Like, what, what are we doing? I don't understand that. Became the worst player on our... Uh, I, and I'm sure you can pull up some stats that says it's not true, but every time I see a touchdown, he's following the receiver, you know? So, um, if he's going to flap his chops about how good he is, then he better, he better make sure he shows us how good he is, and he doesn't. So either he takes a massive pay cut, which that ain't going to happen, but we get rid of him. I think I know you don't like this. He's just trade him. Some other team will see some gem that they can fix. Let's get a second or first round pick out of him. Um, he's he's. I don't like his attitude. Uh, and I definitely don't like his play on the field. That's the worst part. If his attitude matches play on the field, I'd be all down. But he's yeah. I mean, when I used to play, and someone talked like that, it didn't produce. But I had other names I'd call them to their face during the game, and I hope they do. And I know it pisses them off, but it don't seem like it's changing how he plays. So, hey, anyways, peace out, go Petco. Well, the, part of the problem is if he's as bad and as expensive as you're saying, he's not worth a first round pick. I mean, nobody's gonna. I mean, to pay as much money as Jair Alexander costs, and he's as bad as you're describing, we're not getting much for him. That's number one which is the other problem I have with trading everybody away. We, we all seem to think that these football players are hurt so bad that you don't even want them on the team, but we're also going to flip them for first-round picks. That's that's not going to happen. As far as, you know, he's, he's far from the worst player on our defense. I mean, he's graded out as average. I don't know, again, what this particular game is. And as far as touchdowns prior to this game, I don't know if he gave up any in this game. I don't remember it. Um, 
one touchdown given up. Razul has given up three touchdowns this year. So the other issue that I have is it, it feels like a lot of a lot of the time we kind of get something in our head. And that is like I'm frustrated with Jair. And we allow that to snowball. Right? That's the same with like the like I said with the Matt LaFleur Jordan Love thing. And in this last game in particular is like the biggest thing I've ever seen with, with Jordan Love. Where we allow our our um presuppositions or whatever to to snowball to where at the end of the game the people that have not been happy with jordan love like myself looked at that and go that was another complete crap game and yet i've got a bunch of people calling in saying he was actually really good in this game and it's like what in the living hell are you talking about and i think jair is another one where there are a pile of people who have been frustrated with him probably for a long time you know, probably since he was the number one corner, because ever since then, it's like, that's the expectation, and you haven't met that, and so it just causes frustration, and that's allowed to fester. So much so that in your mind, he has given up lots and lots of touchdowns and is one of the worst players on this defense, and again, I don't think there's any reason in the world to believe that. Again, I'm not saying he's been good, but prior to this game, he ranks 12th out of 26 defensive players. That's not living up to his paycheck, but that's very far from being the worst player on the defense. Some names to list that you probably would generally disagree with that have been graded lower. Keyshawn Nixon, Kenny Clark, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, um, Kingsley, Lucas Van Ness, Preston. There are others, but those are, those are all people who are graded lower than Jair right now. So I, I will share your frustration with Jair, especially in this year, but I don't want it to be overblown to the point where we take this and extend it out to this is what he's always been, because that's not true. This is the worst he's been since he's been here. And I don't want to start attributing things to him that are not true, like, you know, dozens of touchdowns and worst player on the defense and all this other stuff. I feel like we're kind of getting, we got to kind of rein it in a little bit. Hey, it's me again. What's up? So, um, getting off the Jair thing, uh, honestly, the defense itself, other than him letting every receiver he guards be open, um, kind of kind of does good things. They hold. All right. Since since you brought it up, let's look at that as well. Um, let's see. So the most receptions given up is Quay Walker. After that is Keyshawn Nixon. After that is Razul, and granted he's played less games, but let's just go through what we can do on a per-game basis. Razul has given up 18. Isaiah McDuffie has given up 12. Carrington Valentine has given up 8. Darnell Savage has given up 8 receptions. Rudy has given up 8 receptions. Jair is just 7. Now, if you double that because of his just 3 games, and again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still very early on the Packernet After Dark, getting ahead of myself, so I don't have the grades yet, um... But if we double that because he played in three games, that would put him at 14. That's still behind Razul, Keyshawn, Nixon, and Quay Walker. So he would have given up 14. Razul gave up 18. And again, his one touchdown becomes two. That's still less than Razul, who's given up three. Just just so we're all up to date on it. Um, I mean, yeah, they didn't really... I mean, what, 24 points today? But um, clearly our offense just can't get in sync. I don't know what it is. I've never, I've been watching football a long time. I'm 53 years old, Ryan. I've been watching football long since I can remember. Grown like man. I was the five-year-old kid yes, who would sir. be dirty and stay home and watch football with his dad because I love football so much as a five-year-old kid. And I've never seen a team be so 
unproductive in the yes. first half and then turn it around. I don't know if anybody's I, ever done I can't that before. Blame, I, I have to say that's coaching. Um, well, and, and again, I, I, again, I, I, I am upset with the coaching and the lack of discipline. Um, well, ne- never mind. Never mind. That's fine. It could be coaching. I don't know. There's no point in me repeating myself all the time. I, I don't know what else it could be. Does he need to do a two-minute drill from the get-go? Let's try that. You know, teams have done it. Um, I They should have kicked a couple field goals today on fourth and goals. I know they had the one touchdown, but when they got that fumble and it was it was a little out of reach, they should have kicked a couple field goals. I mean, sometimes three points is better than nothing. But um, our offense is just so and, – and, and I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying that they're all so freaking young, you know. Yeah. Uh, the officiating was horrid again today because that's every game in the NFL. Um, and then it seems like uh, in the second half when it could have been advantageous to us, they didn't throw much, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's just there's, I don't. I feel like if our offense slowly gains some momentum, and you would hope they would start gaining it by now, but they haven't. If they can slowly gain some momentum to score in the twenties. We could start winning some games because I just think they are so young, and maybe it's not maybe it's not a coaching thing. Maybe it's just the fact that they're a bunch of kids that you know. I've I've done stuff. Sometimes you have to do stuff for a while, then you figure it out. And maybe they just haven't figured it out yet. And I know Love's been in the in the in the league for four years or so, but um, he's uh, hardly anyone else in the offense has. Um, and I just hope that they can slowly gel throughout the year. I'm not giving up on love. Man, he missed Christian Watson down the sideline. Oh. But anyways, um, you know, it's it's the journey sometimes is the fun part, so let's just keep watching our Packers. I hope they can slowly get better. If they, I feel like if the offense can kind of get better, if the defense can just maintain what they're doing, we could actually see some, you know, some good stuff. So let's go. Pack go. Yeah, and I think it's it's the unprecedented nature of it that you're describing that does push me to Matt LaFleur. I mean, it's it's very similar to what I've been saying about Joe Barry, where it's like, okay, we can point to execution here and execution there, and, you know, it's hard to know definitively, you know, could you have put guys in a better position to succeed and all that kind of stuff? I can't necessarily say. However, at some point, we have to recognize that a coach isn't just a play caller. Right, and your guys are not prepared. Your guys are not executing. Your guys are not doing what other teams are doing, whether that's schematically or executionally, and that's all on you. And you're not getting it done. You have failed as a defensive coordinator, and you need to go. And we need to find somebody else that can do a better job. And that's what I'm coming to with Matt Lafleur. Like it, you know, I can go back and watch the game, and and maybe this game will be different, and people aren't open. But again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. If if the scheme is there, it's just going to make it hurt more. I almost wish that it wasn't there, and I almost hope that I don't see it anymore so I can just definitively say, okay, this guy doesn't have it. Because it's going to scare the crap out of me if the scheme is working, but we just got a bunch of guys that aren't resonating with, with the coach, so we have to move and get a new coach. It's like, oh, crap. Because we go get a rah-rah guy, and, you know, first of all, there's no guarantee. I mean, how many times have we had rah-rah guys as defensive coordinators, and there's a bunch of buy-in, and then it doesn't work, and then it doesn't matter how rah-rah you are, you know, 
they, they stop believing because it's not working. So it, it, it just makes me nervous. But again, at the end of the day, the results are the results, and you got to do what you got to do. You can't just keep sticking with a bad thing because you're scared it could potentially get worse. Yeah, it could, but you can't stay here. You know, it's kind of like in, the, in those movies where, you know, it could be like Saw or whatever, but it's like where they're too paralyzed to get up and run with fear. Like, we got to go. We got to get out of here. And it's like, no, I can't go. And it's like, bro, if you stay here, you know, like in the war movies, like we got to get out of here and they're like shell shocked and they're like, no, no, I'm not leaving. Like, bro, you don't understand. Like they're coming and they are shooting everybody. So you either get up and run with me and we got like a 10% chance of getting out of here or we stay here and just get shot in the face. That's on you. I don't know. And that's kind of how it feels. Like, we, you know, getting up and running to get out of here is uh, not the greatest option and it's unlikely to succeed but it's better than the 0% chance that we are currently operating with, which, again, slightly hyperbolic, but still doesn't feel great. But all right, let's take our final break, and uh, we got four more calls to rip through. We'll get through those, and we'll get out of here. Hey, Nico here, just a random thought. Okay. Um, I don't know if Christian Watson is injured and doesn't have his burst that he's clearly had last year. But uh, why don't we ever go deep to him? I don't even care if it's... Well, I mean, we tried a couple times, and like three of them were underthrown, and one of them was thrown way over his head. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we can keep trying. You know, we'll see. Double team him, because I see... I see we, should, we should at least launch at least one time a quarter a sideline you know, streak route to Watson because he is so fast and is so tall. That's just like, you know, when you're trying to have ball control and you run up the middle and you think, ah, oh, we'll get one or two yards. Do the same thing with the bomb. He, he literally just threw to him one time, the end of the game, also kind of overthrew him. Oh, kind and of. he was wide open, of course. Bro, there's, there's no kind of. If it's uncatchable, that's not kind of. It was 100% overthrown. Um, like, had that been a good ball, he could have just caught it and walked in the end zone. Right. I know there was a safety somewhere Imagine around there, that. but it would have been really close. would have been a great play. But we need to be throwing the ball to him at least once a quarter because the guy is just too fast, and he's tall. Well, and just, just to be fair, and again, everybody has their own ideas. I'm not trying to lump everybody into one. But I want you to understand my frustration because on one hand, it's about put your guys in a position to succeed. And then on the other hand, it's like, let's just throw deep balls to wide receivers that can't catch and a quarterback that has zero ability to throw the deep ball. If we do that and it doesn't succeed, Matt LaFleur is going to get crucified for clearly not putting his team in a position to succeed. Why are you leaning on the thing that doesn't work? Watson has drop issues from the jump. And Love is putrid, garbage, terrible on deep throws. I mean, pretty much all his throws, but deep throws in particular. So that's not necessarily putting your position in a position. Now, I mean, everybody has their own idea of what we should do. And if you want to just keep taking deep shots because eventually it's going to work and, you know, I don't care, then then fine. But I just want everybody that's, you know, the in the put your team in a position to succeed camp to hear what Nico is saying because it's apparently not as straightforward as, as um, some would claim that it is. 
Because I'm 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 just not hearing a cohesive message from the fan base. Like the fan base is unanimously saying Matt Lafleur is stupid, but there are like seven different people saying completely opposite things about why the play calling is stupid, um, and they they contradict each other. And you know what? Half the time you might catch it. Half the time you might get a, a penalty. I don't know why we don't why we don't do that. I will say it's surprising we don't get more penalties. With as many underthrows as there are, I mean, that's usually like an automatic penalty. And our guys are constantly diving backwards for the ball. I guess defenders are just doing a really good job of not driving through our receivers. We should have had, I mean, we did actually early on in the season get a bunch of pass interference penalties, but we haven't gotten any in a while. Now they're turning into interceptions. Like, <laughs> that was a good thing about it. At, at, at worst, it gets dropped or falls incomplete. And at best, it's like a pass interference. And now it's like, well, no, they're they're all picks now. Like, okay, well, fair enough. I I feel that his speed and height is as great of a weapon as Jones's, um, which we also don't utilize enough. But hey, what do I know? I'm just smoking some ribs, chilling in my house, watching some foosball. So um, either way, you know. <coughs> What kind of pick are we going to have? I kind of hope we just sort of stay close and fight it really hard every game and lose every game on the way out so it doesn't look like we're tanking because um, I would love – you know what? What I, The fact that we don't use Jones as much, maybe we're just afraid he's too brittle, but – Again, he's still, he's still limited because of his injury. This is the second week I've had to say this, but he's limited because of his injury. And again – we tried to use him, and he dropped the ball. So it's like, you know, this idea that, man, we got to use him because he's the secret weapon. Granted, it was thrown a little high, but a catchable ball, and uh, he dropped it. So, you know, just saying. If this is his last year here, then we need the best running back in the uh, in the draft next year. I don't know if there's a Bijan coming out. Not that I'm aware uh, of. Wish we'd have got him. I'd trade B. John Robinson for Luke Musgrave in a hot tick. Because clearly when Jones is 100% and out there, we look amazing. When he's, like, catching three passes a game and around the ball five times, we look great when he's doing it, but then we just don't do it enough. We need to get the best running back out there and just draft a bunch of offensive linemen. Because um, I think everything else is good. So, anyways, um, Go, Pat, go. I'm going to take my trench out, so peace. Nico, you're going to get me a bunch of one-star reviews here by saying anyways with an S, dude. You got to chill, all right? <laughs> Some freaking psychopath is listening to every show, and then every time I say anyways, he uh, creates a new email account and then leaves me a one-star review for saying anyways because he has no life and is a douchebag who wants to ruin what I'm doing here. Um... But anyways, don't say anyways, because then I get in trouble. Uh, My biggest fear with investing really high in a running back is that we don't have a good run-blocking offensive line. My preference would be to bolster the offensive line and just keep sticking with mid-round guys. I mean, look at at the uh, guy the Chicago Bears picked up. And we see this all the time. Really good running teams, it doesn't matter what running back they have. I mean, it's great to have, you know, I mean, when you add Christian Watson to the 49ers, it's magic. But they, they, they can run with anybody. I think we need to be a good running team first. And then if you want to invest in an elite running back, then you can go from, you know, like a 7 to a 10. But 
I would rather be a good running team and then just get whatever. I mean, we can make Dylan work, or if you want to do better than Dylan, there's so many good mid-round running backs that can thrive in an offense that is just a good running offense that um, I feel like that's the better way to go. I would hate to waste Bijan behind an offensive line that doesn't give him any space. I mean, he'll he'll be able to make magic happen on occasion, you know, just like Jones does, but I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it would be a complete waste of resources to invest high in an elite running back that has nowhere to run. Hey, Ryan, um, I just want to call. My biggest complaint with this team right now is that we can't just suck and then you look at the final outcome of the game and we just suck. What I mean, what I mean by that is I we have had a chance to win every football game we played this year. I yeah, mean, it's crazy, right? Even if we've been down a lot in some games, in the fourth quarter, there has been a moment where we've had a chance where it's like we get this conversion, we have a chance to win. Despite all the bad, we still have a chance in this game. And um, then the game ends, and you look back, we lost by 14 points, and we had 537 penalties for 3,922 yards. <laughs> Roughly, and yeah. Where the most accurate passes were dropped. When people are wide open, you can't hit them. And we had four and sport yardage inside the 10 yard twice and couldn't convert. And you're like, we just suck. But then during the game, you just, there's always that hope. And there's always that opportunity to still win the game. And it's just super frustrating because it seems like it's right there. It seems like if you just put all this together, um, you know, if you cut back on the penalties and cut out half the mistakes, I think we're five and two instead of two and five. Honestly, if you cut back half the mistakes from Love and the receivers, like half the bad passes, half the drops, you have a normal amount of penalties. I mean, I think we're five and two and yeah. we're much You're better. You're probably team, right. And the narrative is totally different. And I guess. And I know that was Trucker Bob's point to begin with. And my, my whole thing is like, I, I don't know that I can get there. But again, it's it's it seems stupid because if you get rid of the penalties, we're still just, a, all you're left with is a bad football team. But you're right, because we're so close. I mean, really, it's it's any one of these things changes and we could have won any of these games. And when you're talking with about 11 penalties, it's almost unfathomable, unf- unfathomable, whatever the thing is, um, unable to fathom where if you just erase the 11 penalties, which I know is unrealistic to have zero, but let's just say it's hard to believe if you erase the 11 penalties that we don't win that game. But it's also impossible to believe that that football team performing at that level would actually win a football game. It's, it's so mind-bending. I don't even know what sport I'm watching anymore. It's like a short hurdle when you say it out loud, but then, you know, it, that's definitely a big hurdle to clear, I think. So because it's not getting any better. And... I mean, I don't even know what to say about the defense. It's just the most frustrating defense to watch. Um, a lot of the same stuff. It's just really good, it's really bad. And then, if I think I called this earlier, but if it's third and more eight to 15, just give them the first down because there's no way we're stopping them. Um, and I just don't understand. And I don't know what happened to the pressure. I, Sean Gary, can we just get him out there all the time already? I mean, I get the limiter because you don't want to get re-injured. It's you got paid. Game, but Get him out there. Um, anyway, thoughts of frustration. Go back to Yeah, man, dude, dude got himself paid. Um, 
Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, the defense almost reminds me of Jordan Love a little bit, where it's like if you want to take bits and pieces and stitch together like the good parts, you got some pretty impressive stuff. You know, like if you just take all of the good throws from Jordan, it's like, that's a good quarterback. But if you take the four quarters, it's like, well, that sucked. And it kind of feels that way with the defense. Like if you look at toward the end when they were really getting hyped up and really going crazy. And if you look at all the three and outs and everything else, it's like, man, that's a stout defense. You know, you get the sacks, the three and outs, the uh, the series down the stretch when they started going crazy, add in the add in the field goal block just because <laughs> felt like it was part of it. It feels good. But then you look at it and go, well, how did we get to this point? It's like, oh, well, let me show you the other plays because those sucked. What's going on, Ryan? What's up? I didn't want to call in right after the game, man. I get it. Because <laughs> I pretty much was going to say the same thing I've been saying for the last three, four weeks now. That's the, that's the hardest part about doing what I'm doing, is trying not to just keep saying the same stuff over and over again. And I got to do a better job of that. But it's, you know, when you have 10 people calling in with a similar take, and I have either the same or the opposite take, it's like, how do I say the same thing? Ten different ways. I'm not sure, but I get what you're saying. Man. Uh, yesterday, man, that 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 was just oh man, that, man, this team is just bad, man. I say this, I know. Oh, uh, we've been having a little back and forth about who mostly to blame, and I wanted to listen to the podcast uh from Sunday night before I just called in to just see where everybody was at. I'm pretty sure it was going to be some of the same. But you did make an interesting point about, I mean, the argument of who's to blame more or less or whatever, whatnot. It really is irrelevant at this point because yesterday, everybody was bad. Right. Everybody, everything was bad. The defense was bad. Every time I saw third and eight, me and my son watching the game, I'm like, oh, third and eight. And my son was like, they're going to they gonna get the first down. And I'm like, yep, every time third and eight comes, they get a first down. They're playing 12 yards off the line. You got your linebacker down there at the sticks. Everybody playing behind the sticks. And it's just, I'm just like, why? Why are, you, why are you playing so far back on third and eight, third and nine? Why are we playing so far back? That the defense is terrible. Uh, we already know about the Joe Barry deal. We everybody, everybody in the grand that Joe Barry needs to be gone after this season. Ain't no secret. Whether they've been playing decent or bad or whatever, this game just does not work. It's just so so easy to beat. I I I can probably take a pee wee football team and beat this defense how they playing. And Jordan Love <laughs> more more. Underthrown balls, more overthrown balls, at least the deep balls he was overthrowing instead of underthrowing this time. But, I mean, <laughs> short pass, you're underthrowing them, throwing it, that guy's feet, they open. Same old, same old. And then when you do put the ball on on, on the wide receivers right there in their numbers, they drop a pass. So it's just like, I, I don't know what to do. Man. Right. At this point, it's just like, man, this whole team is just bad. Just, just terrible. All the penalties. The main culprit of this game was the penalties, to me, in my opinion. Yeah. All the penalties. It was just unacceptable. It just seemed like we get something going both sides of the ball. The, the throw from Love to Dobbs, and when he grabbed it on the sideline, beautiful throw. 
penalty. Yep. Oh, that was the best play of the night. Lost or whatever it was. It was a penalty. Rocky Walker. Now, I mean, and, defense. Yeah. The defense. Same thing. Just let it finish because the three minutes was going to catch him. But, you know, and, and that, you know, and, and again, the, 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 my, my honest take is it doesn't matter who you're blaming. And we need to stop fighting about who's most to blame because it's irrelevant. But the only people that are wrong are the people that are defending things right now. There's nothing to defend. Stop defending people because it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, one example of, of, for example, penalties maybe being the biggest culprit here. You had maybe Jordan Love's best play of the season. One of the best plays of the season, the best play of the day, happened early on in the game. Do you know how much of a of a freaking like, ex- like we, we're trying to get into a rhythm early. We're trying to get some kind of an explosive thing. If that play had stood, what could have been? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing changed. Jordan still can't throw. We still can't catch. Defense can't play. Whatever penalties continue to rock the everything. But you're trying to get some level of of a spark early on, and you have that play. Jordan Love running for his life, throwing off his back foot, throws a freaking dot to the sideline, which is caught. I mean, it was, it, was, it was an unbelievable play. Unbelievable throw. And it gets erased by a penalty. I mean, that, that just sucks the wind out of everything. It's, it's the play we've all been waiting for. It's the play I've been waiting for. That's the spark we needed. And it got wiped out by a penalty. It's so deflating. Chris, part two. I don't think. Same thing on defense. You get a we get a key stop. Nope. Get a penalty. Automatic first down. He's a drive going, whatever, whatnot. You know. It's <laughs> it's just all the same. And then you got the head coach you know, come up on the press conference and say that the team's not disciplined enough. But last time I checked, I mean, I I don't feel like Matt LaFleur had been a problem as far as the play calling is concerned. But if you coming out and saying that this team is not disciplined enough, last time I checked, I was on the head coach. Unless something changed in the years I've been watching football, and, and now discipline is on the players too. I mean, it is on the players, but it's mainly on the coach. That's coaching, man. You got to get your players disciplined and prepared enough to play a football game, and it's not happening, man. So. I mean, I'm not on the I'm not on the fire Matt Lafleur train. I don't feel like he'll get fired, but I wouldn't be surprised if we finish two and fifteen, three and fourteen, or four and uh twelve. That he might be out the door. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I highly doubt it. Right. Just because of the situation, I think uh, Martin Murphy's supposed to be retiring what in the next year or two. So do you really want to pull the trigger? Well, and that, that's like the one thing that seems clunky. Like, everything seems perfect right now in terms of an over, organizational overhaul. But it's like, you know, does the guy on the way out want to be that guy? The, the only thing that, that kind of got me thinking was, I, I have a feeling that Mark Murphy has somebody pegged for the replacement. Not that he's necessarily pegged. Whatever, the organization has somebody pegged for the replacement. Um, it seems to me they, they've groomed somebody for that position. So if you wanted to do an or organizational overhaul and Mark Murphy wanted to kind of do it the right way, he would heavily involve that person. The person I'm referring to, if you don't know, by the way, is Ed Policy. He is um, I, what I would call the number two behind Mark Murphy. He is, his title is Chief Operating Officer and General Counsel. 
when I first heard about Ed Policy, he, he had kind of given some kind of a speech or maybe got some kind of a promotion. And I looked at all the stuff he had done and all the things he's a part of. And immediately I just thought, bro, this guy is doing every, he's checking every single box to make sure that he is the guy from the things that he's heading up to, you know, I mean, like the, the, what is like the charity work that he does and everything else. Like he, he is, he's a guy that's running for office. So I, I honestly believe Ed Policy will be our next GM. And so with that, the timing isn't great with Mark Murphy, but I think if you're going to do an organize, if you're going to do an overhaul and you're Mark Murphy, you, you, you kind of lean very heavily on Ed Policy to take the lead. I mean, obviously he's going to be involved in that anyways, especially with that whole general counsel title, which I think is probably part of what that title is for. You know, if you're going to let, if somebody's about to replace you, it might not be bad to have him in a position of, so what do you think we should do in this situation? That's the only thing that kind of helps to get me over that hump of the timing being off with, you don't want Mark Murphy setting the direction and then leaving in two years. But if you've got a guy that's going to be your next GM, you kind of let him take the lead and he can, first of all, make a decision on, on Brian Gutekunst because that's a big thing too. Because if, if you want a GM, you have to do that first. You got to let go of the GM, you bring in a new GM, and then you, Murphy, Ed Policy, and the new GM go out and, and build a direction and find a coach and you build in that direction. It's, it's in collaboration with the GM, which means the GM has to have the same vision as essentially Ed and, and, and have a similar vision to whatever they all want to do. Now, I don't know that the whole Ed Policy thing is true. I just that, that is a very strong inclination that I have had ever since I found out who Ed Policy was. But either way, I mean, if you've come to the determination as Mark Murphy that this is not it and we need a an, an overhaul, I don't think you can sit back and go, look, let's just continue this crap sandwich for two more years and then we'll let the new guy figure out a new direction. It's just, there's too much time to uh, to keep sitting on it. So that that part of it is a little clunky, but I still think you, you got to pull the trigger if that's what needs to be done. Kind of get rid of everybody and kind of start over and you really about to be out the door in a couple of years. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that. He might just have to wait till the next guy get in and let him do whatever he going to do. If he want to pull the plug on everybody, I don't know. And then, you know, I might be wrong. You might just go ahead and say, you know what? I got a couple of years left. Screw this. This ain't working. All y'all get out yeah. of here. I'm about to bring some more guys in. <laughs> man, it's just bad, man. That's all I can say. It's just, yeah. this, is, this is terrible. This is, this is some of the worst Green Bay Packer football I have seen in my entire time of watching, in my 30 years of watching Green Bay Packer football, man. I, I, I ain't got no more words about nothing. I mean, everybody was bad. So um, you want to put on love, put on love. You want to put on the floor, put on the floor. You want to put on the offense line, the defense, Joe Barry, the water boy, the ball guy. It don't matter. Everybody bad, man. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's like that's going to be my new mantra from now. I'm going to be like Jair when he did his interview. Was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. My my thing is just going to be whoever you're blaming, you're right. Whoever you're defending, you're wrong. It's that simple. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Mike Kevin, aka Hacker Super Fan. Uh, well, that was ugly, um, and uh, it's about what I expected. Um, I think I had him 26. 17 Vikings, so 
little too optimistic um, there, Mike. Calm down. Uh, again, the <laughs> offense is even regressing uh, worse than I even. Well, and that is true because I, I've been saying this every week, and I, I, did, I haven't bet on the Packers for, for this reason, but every single week, from a mathematical standpoint, I, I give a score prediction. And every week, the offense underperforms that score. And so every week, it gets adjusted down, obviously, because the offense underperformed expectations. But then you come up with a new calculus, and the offense is always below it. I mean, that, that is the... And, and by a huge margin. Like, they're expected to get, you know, like 26, and then they end up getting, you know, whatever, 17. And then they're expected to get 22 or 20 in this last game, and they get 10. It's like, they, they are massively underperforming expectations. Um, so that, that to me is, is how I, in my mind, can see definitively, at least for the offense, a complete downward spiral. Been anticipated, and I had, I, I've had, over the last couple of weeks, zero confidence in the offense. Yeah. You can't even set low enough expectations. Even, even negative fans are like, dude, we'll probably won't even get like, 20 points in this game, and it's like, yeah, dude, you, you're way too optimistic. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> not a good performance. Uh, this team is obviously still going backwards. Um, and, and, again, the offense, I'm with everybody. I mean, the offense is absolutely atrocious. But, I mean, I w- I've been out on Jordan Love now since halftime of the Raiders game, and that has not changed. Um, he's just not the guy. He doesn't have the. He just doesn't have the feel for the game. Uh, these passes are too long. They're too short. They're to the left. They're to the right. Um, he's late with them. Um, and yes, you know, fifty percent of the time he throws a perfect pass, and uh, receivers drop yeah. it. Whatever the case might be, right. but we can't continually have uh, those types of passes. Uh, you know, he's again only performing at about fifty percent, um, but. So obviously the offense is a problem. But anybody letting the defense off the hook this week, I just want to run through the, the drives by play, plays sure. per drive. So first drive, 11-play drive they give up right out of the gate. And, yeah, uh, Minnesota goes down and misses a field goal. Second drive, seven plays, touchdown. To that. Third drive, nine plays, field goal. Fourth drive, finally they force a punt after six plays. Then, 13 plays, touchdown, then one play, touchdown, (laughs) then 14 plays, and they block a field goal in garbage time. Again, so we're in garbage time now. And then uh, three plays, fumble, six plays, punt. So those last two two series when we're in garbage time, yeah, we saw some flashes from the defense. And no Kirk Cousins, yeah. Um, You know, after Kirk Cousins got hurt. Right. Um, But don't let the defense off the hook. Um, the offense is pathetic, but all, everybody says, well, the, the defense is gassed. How can you be gassed on the first two series right. of the game? You give That's up- always been a bad excuse. It really has. I mean, I, if, if the team, if the defense was great through like three quarters and then just completely tanked in the fourth, okay, fine. But when you come out and you're performing as bad as you are in the fourth quarter, that's such a lame excuse. 11 plays. You allow them to get down there to kick an easy field goal, and they miss it. And then you give up seven plays and a touchdown. And then nine plays and a field goal. Come on, guys. They're not gassed. They're just not good. I'm out. 
Yeah, and that's where, you know, and I still got to learn more about it. I, I haven't referenced it in a few weeks, but th- there's that one uh, this new stats company. Everybody was starting their own stats company with their own, you know, amazing new metrics or whatever. But they've got, what is it, like earn drive quality or something like that? And it, it basically looks at drives as opposed to the results, which can be kind of fleeting. For for Like you mentioned, I mean, when you look at the drives, which I think is more important and is a better metric for the Green Bay Packers this year, who are more of a bend-don't-break and have also had some lucky things go their way, like missed field goals, if you look at it from a drive standpoint, it's not a good defense. right? They give up lots of really long drives, way too consistently. I mean, again, you can blame the offense for gassing the defense. You can also blame the defense for gassing the defense. You don't want to be so tired. Get off the freaking field. Um, and they can't. They they just consistently cannot get off the field, and they, they consistently allow teams to bleed them down the field. I mean, it it almost doesn't matter. I mean, they lost Justin Jefferson. They're still able to get down the field. They lost Kirk Cousins. They're still able to move down the field. Um, it, it just th- th- This is a defense that plays way down to the competition. And like I said before, th- this is a team who will a defense that will look good against bad teams, or, or not even good necessarily, but, you know, th- they'll they'll seem competent enough against bad teams and then if they go up against a good team they're, they're gonna give up you know like the vikings they give up what was it 24 you can tack on the missed field goal because that's kind of fluky it, it, essentially 27 points or whatever the game was what the heck i got the score in front of me here they scored move over a little bit yeah 24 so they they gave up and earned about 27 points although you could maybe take away the seven maybe i i don't know how you would calculate that but you know and and this isn't a dynamic offense this is just a team with an actual competent quarterback we've only played two good quarterbacks and both teams smack the crap out of us it's the lions and the vikings and the vikings really don't have anything but the quarterback i mean addison is again he's he's playing well but i don't think he's a top 10 wide receiver maybe but i don't think so let me look nope 43rd (laughs) so you know he's fine but uh you know pretending that he's some kind of top 10 dynamo is kind of stupid he ranks two spots ahead of Romeo Dobbs. We, we, we whatever, whatever. I, I agree. I, again, it fits in with what I'm saying. Whoever you're blaming, I got your back. Whoever you're defending, I can't, I can't get behind you. There is no defending the defense. There's no defending the quarterback. There's no defending anything. And again, that's not entirely true. I had somebody come out like, well, you, you can, what about the kicker and punter? It's like, all right, fair. I still think the pass blocking is working, although we'll see if this week was good or not. It, it, Felt like there was some pressure for sure. I don't think Jordan handled it very well. He did hold on to the ball too long. Sometimes he refuses to step up in the pocket. Sometimes he steps up too far in the pocket and just starts running rather than just like stepping up into it. But still, it felt like there was a decent amount of pressure. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, again, I liked the amount of pass rush. It just didn't matter because they couldn't cover for more than one second. So it very rarely actually got home. But generally speaking, I mean, at least in terms of, you know, like the big talking point issues of of what we want to to blame as the biggest problem nobody's blaming the kicker i i i i've got your back no matter what it is the, the bottom line is though it's not really worth fighting about we're, we're nitpicking at this point we're fighting because we want to fight who's more to blame you know what it's not worth fighting that fight i don't know who's more to blame i'm not going to tell you jordan was more to blame than the receivers or the penalties or whatever i mean i i think he was but i don't I don't know definitively enough, and I, I don't care. I don't care enough to fight that battle. It's not worth it, and it's stupid. And the fact that anybody would want to fight that battle is is silly. I don't know of any player that deserves any amount of effort 
to defend somebody. Like creating highlight reels of drops, which by the way, if you know what I'm talking about, there were six bad passes in a highlight reel of probably, I don't know, nine passes trying to defend Jordan Love. Like, this is getting stupid. It's really getting dumb. Just stop. Stop. They don't deserve <laughs> defending. So stop doing it. You're fighting just because you want to fight. You're fighting because you just don't want to be wrong. Because you don't want to just accept that you had a bad take at some point. Just let it go. Feel free to change your mind. It's okay. It's okay to just accept something that you didn't want to be true is true. Let it go. Free yourself. And more than that, allow yourself to hold people accountable that should be held accountable. Expect teams, expect players on the team that you root for to be good. Now, it doesn't mean you can't support them. It doesn't mean that you can't want the best for them. And I mean, listen, this is not a good situation we're in. I want everybody to be better. The best case scenario is they wake up tomorrow and they're like, holy crap, what, I was in a coma. What, what, what happened? Like somebody put some kind of magical spell on us and uh, we're like controlling our bodies and that's crazy. And then when they come out and win by like 40 points, it's like, yeah, this is what we do, dude. We rock. Great play calling, freaking dots from Jordan. Nobody's dropping passes, like just shredding everybody. Defense is like a top five defense. I mean, that is what we want, right? So the, the, I mean, it's not just like we're trashing people because we hate them. It's just calling it like we see it. But I mean, again, the best case scenario is I, I don't want everybody fired. That's not good for us. I don't want everybody cut. That's not good for us. We're not going to be a good football team. If we have to get rid of all of our players, we got we just ship everybody off either because they're expensive and they're good but not good enough so we got to get rid of them and then everybody else is just bad so we got to get rid of them and replace everybody you know how long it's going to take to get a new coach a new gm a new defensive coordinator all of whom are good at their job and then a new quarterback and an entirely new offensive line and a bunch of new wide receivers and an entirely new rebuilt defense i mean do you want to be good this decade you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i'm i'm rooting for like I said, for, for the cream to rise to the top, I'm, I'm rooting for more and more guys every week to be like, that guy needs to stay. That's the dude right there. And it sucks that there's like three right now. And I'm hoping that more and more and more come because by the end of the season, I don't want to have to look at it and go, just get rid of all of them because this sucks. And I know I won't, but I, we, we, you know, please, somebody, anybody, prove that you should be here. That would be great if you could. Thank you. Anyways, I'll leave you with that. Have yourselves a good night. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.